0: Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs.
1: I'm Dr. Bedlam. I mean, I'm a mere mouth.
0: <laughs> are you gonna monologue me like crazy too? No. What's we are talking Mr. Miracle number three? The paranoid pill. Man, Dr. Bedlam just likes to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk about everything that's on his mind. <laughs> yeah. If
1: it's one thing I like talking about as myself, so.
0: Here on Earth, by the simple act of lipping this primitive instrument, men call a telephone. I shall begin the little charade I have planned. Oh. You ever well, see the, the kids cartoon Powerpuff Girls? Yes. I think Mojo Jojo has to be based on Baron Bedlam. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because everything on Mojo Jojo's mind just came through his little mouth. He's got to make it a point that the telephone is primitive. Nothing shall be hidden from Scott, one such as I, Scott, for your telephone number is
1: known to me. I think it's interesting just to kind of start off this this baddie. It's kind of using the same type of, like, animate, which is similar to what Scott used in the previous issue of, of a robot that's not your body, but you can control the body through mind or technology or whatever. So it was just interesting to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, before we get started, I do want to talk about the cover.
0: I know you love that cover.
1: I love the cover, but the original issue was uh, they, they had not colored Mr. Miracle. And uh, I looked it up, and I think it was, uh, I mean, it was still pretty inconclusive, but it sounds like what happened is the colors that Kirby wanted for Mr. Miracle was different than what DC had originally intended, and that through a mix-up, they just ended up not coloring the character.
0: It's a really unique cover if you see the original, because it makes them stand out, but gives this kind of weird kind of ghostly feel to everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that could make sense. You could have just explained it that way, or not you, but like DC could have explained it that way. But it's interesting. But there is, I think, to your point, the ghostliness is very similar to Doctor Strange, where like you know, I don't know if you if you remember, but on the original Ditko Doctor Strange issues, whenever he went into like a certain mode, you'd see like just him as white, where he's like he's going through different dimensions. Mm-hmm. And so not that it's the same, this was a mistake, but but just as an accident, parts of this issue remind me of Doctor Strange, especially like pages uh, 8 and 9. Actually, not especially, the only two pages. 8 and 9, it's Kirby at his most Lovecraftian kind of yeah. monster mental fear and horror type of thing, which is interesting to me.
0: Nobody draws drew those kind of monsters quite like Kirby did. You know, these yeah, these kind of most disembodied, terrifying faces with these enormous jaws, and they just look like they are legitimately terrifying. But and I Scott think... has those claws all over him on that panel two of page nine, and that's actually a pretty scary moment, especially with the way he's staring straight yeah. ahead, like
1: he's almost like hypnotized by everything that's happening around him. I also feel like this is actually out of Kirby ordinary, and I'm not an a Kirby an a- aficionado, but I feel like I've never seen him draw psychological fear like this. Usually his stuff is monsters, which are like block, you know, blocky monsters, whereas in this one it's got like claws and tentacles and like kind of like, you know, like I said, it's Lovecraftian uh, psychological demon type of thing. I don't even think I've seen, well, I haven't read that many demon books, but it's in, I wonder if this is the same type of mindset as he drew Demon.
0: I think it goes to your point you like to make about how Kirby's really pushing himself with these books, too. Yeah. He's really playing with new ideas and new approaches and new ways of drawing scenes.
1: Yeah. And the other thing I want to point out, I'm jumping all over the place, but, uh, you know, pages 14 through almost till the end, It reminded me of, like, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, where, like, the paranoid pill given to some of the people in the office building, and they're all just going crazy. And that's also horror, you know? Like, you don't know who's what, what's going on, why are these people going crazy? Chaos. Yeah, you don't even necessarily
0: need this to be a superhero comic. I actually think it would be almost more powerful if it was just a straight horror comic. Like, why are these people going crazy? Why are they all full of this fury? And um, you know, are they beating up more than just Scott too? Yeah. Because there's this look of fear and anger on their faces. You almost wonder if uh, they're beating up everything around them. Mm-hmm. Just, just on this rampage. And yeah. then it goes to this whole other idea too of the gods are just on another level than us because or the celestials are at another level than us. Because they just can't even imagine why we would have any free will. They could beat our free will just by dropping a pill into a ventilator shaft. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, you know, everybody is, you know, a slave to their anger.
1: Yeah. I, I actually want to say, like, the last page, I guess all panels, that's like a, a very MC Escher-like type of thing. And I've seen Frank Miller kind of, take that idea in like sin city and i think recently i when i was reading electra lives again uh it's the same type of thing people coming through the halls it's pretty interesting it's an amazing image isn't it i mean you see
0: people multiple levels down on this 80 story building and there's just this feeling uh scott really is in danger from all this that that he really could legitimately die like I I was so excited to read the next issue. I started reading it because I couldn't wait to see what happened at the end of this cliffhanger.
1: Mm-hmm. Does he die?
0: No. <laughs> we'll oh, talk okay. about that at the end of the episode, maybe. Uh, you know? Did you notice also, like we talked about with with uh, Orion's battles? There's a certain code to the way these battles have to happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That once Baron Bedlam uh, throws down the gauntlet, um, he and Scott have to follow certain rules like he can't be hypnotized or he can't be tranquilized. You know the code of combat. You cannot tranquilize an adversary. He must be fully aware to take full advantage of that weapons he possesses. And more than that, like when Baron Bedlam calls him on the phone, Scott knows he has to take this challenge. He has no choice. And I think that's so much about these two groups of being
1: being constantly at war with each other. Man, he's lucky he's got the mother, mother box. I like the lettering on page 10, panel one, too, with the laughter. Ha, 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 ha. Ha,
0: ha, 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 kind of surrounding them. Mm-hmm. So let's start from the beginning here, because I think this issue starts out really in a very interesting way, too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, I think this is the first time we've seen a boom tube in Mr. Miracle, although we've seen it in... A bunch of the other books before this,
1: mm.
0: obviously, *A New Gods* and Jimmy Olsen also had a lot of scenes with the boom tube. But this is the first time we've seen the boom tube, and we're immediately in this position of dislocation because these kind of these things, as far as we know, are robots are coming through the boom tube, and for some reason, setting up Baron Bedlam's office, which is still something I don't quite understand. But okay, uh, among other things, they set up his phone for him which back in 1971 was not a simple thing. You had someone from the phone company come out to your house and hook up your wires and stuff. Oh, wow. I remember, I remember that. Even into the 80s, you had to have the phone company actually hook up your phones for you. But somehow these robots are able to do that without any problem. I love how one of them's carrying a desk lamp.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Like kind of itself, too. Yeah, why does
0: he need the office? I don't know, but it's just this awesomely clever kirby thing also the lettering on that section is great too the very first panel with the boom yeah with the boom tube coming with them coming through the boom tube and then page two the beautiful sequence of Baron bedlam materializing in front of our eyes
1: Yeah, with a really nice progression kirby by kirby dots. there's a like kirby dots in five of the six panels
0: yeah and here's the other thing this character actually doesn't have a body. He's a living being as a personality without a body. He only manifests himself into human form when he wants to. And we haven't encountered any Celestials who are disembodied
1: like this so far. hmm You know what's interesting to me? I noticed that the captions, they're different color. Like, one is yellow, and then it turns you know, orange, and then it's yellow, and then it's bright yellow. Is there a reasoning behind that, you think? Or is it just nobody really paid attention to coloring the captions? I can't think of a reason. Can you? No, I can't.
0: I mean, it's really interesting. It feels like it should mean something. But I can't think of what that would be.
1: Mm. Probably doesn't mean anything, I don't know. And then pages
0: two and three in the original comic would have been facing each other in the graphic novel or in the collection. There You flip the page, but this is a case where the collected edition, I think, works a tiny bit against the benefit of these books, mm. right? the story, because we have the materialization in the six panels and you, you immediately look over to the next page. These fully materialized And I have page image Mm -hmm. and it's just more powerful that way. You really see the end of the progression
1: there. Do we know if uh, Kirby made it a point to say like, hey, these are the pages. I can't have any ads in between and this needs to come to the next one or no? I don't think so. Mm
0: -hmm. But, you know, he always... Like in the second half of his DC career, he always had those two pages that were pages two and three were often a two-page spread.
1: Oh, so he God! thought of those
0: two as a two-page like image.
1: Because I remember, I know that doesn't happen that often. The reason I think about it, like I know when JH Williams and Neil Gaiman did a uh, Sandman, they made it a point not to have any ads in there, just so as to not disrupt his art. I wonder if Kirby ever like tried demanded that. I, I'm assuming he's not the kind of guy who did right.
0: And then the story starts really nicely with Scott escaping this trap. the The image at the top of page five of Scott jumping out of the trap is just so dynamic.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of speed lines,
0: yeah. It's not that different from the image at the top of page 16 also, where Scott's flying on his flying discs away from the teeming masses of angry people. He's just a really exciting action figure.
1: Did Royer do the lettering? And like, you think Royer did Crunch? Or do you think Kirby did it? I don't have the artist edition for this.
0: No, it's John Costanza who did the lettering in these issues. Do you think... This uh, is geez. before Royer. This is another oh, one of the issues that's, that's really nicely
1: inked by Vince Coletta. Mm. Okay. That's right. You're right. It's thin. But there is a weirdness to Obron on page six, panel five, <laughs> with his eyes. We know. Yeah. I noticed the eye thing.
0: Yeah. But I really like this panel six on that same page where they're just sitting together chatting. Yeah. You just feel so relaxed to, next to each other. Mm-hmm i was just so intrigued by why Scott gets this call and he has to get into the battle. He has no choice. Yeah. State your terms for battle Doctor Bedlam like he 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 has an obligation to fight this battle. Kirby also draws his face really nicely in that close up on panel 4 page 6 where you see Scott kind of feeling weary about being dragged into this battle.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Gives you a sense that this is something he really feels like he can't overcome, and then we find out why. And then yeah. the Mother Box takes them on this kind of LSD trip.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that's the uh, Lovecraftian LSD trip.
0: Yeah, I've, you you know it's a proven fact Kirby never never dropped acid, but you can totally imagine this being an acid dream.
1: Oh, yeah, that's funny. Do we know that for sure? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's apparently 100% verified by uh, Mark Evanier. And then basically everything from page 10 onwards is just this dynamic action sequence. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I love how Baron Bedlam like walks Scott through what he's going to do and then Scott basically has to react to it. Mm. It's, it's just so intriguing. Spring your trap, Bedlam. I have no doubt it's a diabolically clever one. Like, we don't know why. We have no idea what this all means in terms of, like, the larger world around him. We just know he has to to battle this as this very kind of disorienting thing.
1: Well, the reason... Sorry, and go ahead.
0: No, keep going. Go ahead. I
1: was going to say, the reason uh, Bedlam shows him his... You know, not the reason, but... Because there's a part on page 11, panel 4... Mr. Miracle says, you know, the code of combat, you cannot tranquilize an adversary, he must be equally aware to take full advantage of what weapons he possesses." So I think oh, there's a part where he says uh, the code of con, there's a code of combat. So I guess Mm -hmm. the code of combat is to let him know what he's gonna do.
0: It's just so interesting. It's like a football game or something where everyone has to agree to play by the same rules. But you have to fight these battles, you have to Mm -hmm. work against each other.
1: And then I, I I do love the the panic and the the paranoid pill for sure. It's like totally delivers
0: Yeah, it's just done so dramatically. and we see that Scott's not Orion. He doesn't have any abilities of his own. He's terrified. when the guy confronts him in the elevator, Scott escapes instead of just beating up the guy. Orion would have beat him beating him up. mm-hmm. He would have crushed the gun in his bare hands. Oh yeah, yeah. Light ray would have zapped him. Scott's not going to do that, even though Scott looks like he's built like a football linebacker. Must be football Sunday. He's not going to do it. He he he's more scared than. Maybe he also he doesn't want to beat up an innocent person.
1: Yeah, do you think he's also a pacifist? Because I mean, he ran away from that whole. He's just. I think we talked about the last, past previous issues where. He didn't want to live on Apocalypse or New Genesis.
0: He certainly is a pacifist in this issue, isn't he?
1: hmm
0: Yeah, that's a good point. We haven't seen him do anything violent. I, I hadn't thought about him as a f- pacifist, but that makes sense.
1: He's got his girlfriend to fight the battles for him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, she's the one that comes in next issue. Yeah, yeah. We get our first appearance of Barda, and she is tearing up the scenery from the first moment we meet her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Another favorite page is page twenty-one when Scott's inside the the chest, mm-hmm. and we see everything pushing at him. Kirby focuses just on his eyes, mm-hmm. and we see like a look of legit fear on Scott's face.
1: Yeah, I like uh, I like that sequence because it also reminds me of you know like in magic tricks where like like a magician inserts and in, like puts a person in a box and inserts in knives all over the place so this is this kind of explains how scott can get through it by using the the mother box mother box tells him where to move so he doesn't get you know slashed by the knives or the sword or whatever
0: he looks really scared and again the sequence is built so nicely because we get the three panels of scott and then we're anxious to look outside so we see outside the box and we see these people pushing the box basically towards the stairway mm-hmm. and then the, the way the pa- the pages work together immediately we see the box kind of hovering over the stairway and then falling down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so Kirby does this great job of kind of accentuating the horror of the whole thing because it gives us the interior of Scott's fear and the exterior of, of the box falling and we feel like He's legitimately
1: in danger. Mm-hmm. And the vertigo, too, from it. Like, that's the... That's a key... key. Yeah. Like, being dropped off from, like, an 80-story building with, like... There's still people in the bottom, too. And I also like the... I was actually just thinking about the coloring. I mean, obviously, the coloring of this trade paperback sucks, but but it is interesting that every level... Not every level, but the, there are color different colors for the levels. And that'll add to the vertigo because if they're all colored the same as I, I think most of it is, it wouldn't have been as as jarring.
0: Mm-hmm. And the fact he drew the stairway kind of at an angle too makes oh. you feel a little bit confused. It feels more dislocating, you know? Mm-hmm. If it was straight on, it would feel like you had something fixed, but here it feels like everything's chaos. And he does everything he can to create chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a theory with comic art that the more diagonals you draw, the more energy there is in the panel. Mm-hmm. And look at all the different diagonals in page 22, panel one. They're just okay. everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the more you look at it, the more vertigo you feel, and the more anxious you feel. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was a great issue.
1: Yeah, it was really fun.
0: I'd love maybe to see not it. like great, like the pack, not like a classic, but a great mm-hmm. fun
1: comic. Tough thing to compare to.
0: But yeah, yeah, I'm not sure we'll ever read something like Death Wish of Terrible Turpin, but this was a great issue.
1: Yeah, it was was fun. It's definitely getting better.
0: I'm really looking forward to Barda next week. I think we're both going to be so excited about her.
1: I love her costume, so I'm looking forward to it. She's the best.
0: Thank you, Amir.
1: Thanks, Jason. Oh, thank you.